Oh, nah. It looks like we live, y'all. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody. Fan View Live, Real Fans Talk Sports, New Orleans Talk Network. We back, baby. It's 2022 G Sports. Happy New Year to you, man. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, too, man. Y'all, we already know what it is. We live. We back in the building. Fan View Live podcast, Real Fans Talk Sports, and New Orleans Talk Network. Like, I'm that boy, Fred. <laughs> Your boy, G Sports, back in the building, feeling good by 2022. Blessings coming. Yes. Let's get it. Let's get it. So many new things coming for 2022, y'all. Listen, subscribe to Fan View Live. If you're on any social media platform, we have FanView Nola. If you're on Twitter, we have FanView Live. If you're on IG, it's FanView Live on Facebook. It's FanView Live on YouTube. Baby, we on Apple Podcasts. We on Google Podcasts. We on Spotify, baby. We all over the place, G-Sports. We all over the place, baby. And shout out to my man, Coach Hurricane Hen. We everywhere. You ain't never there. You ain't. <laughs> man, we got so much to get into. So much going on for the start of 22 in sports. We know y'all been waiting for us. We know we've been out of the office for a couple of weeks, G-Sports. We know we've been out. We've been waiting for the new year to come start, baby. And I ain't going to lie, I've been kind of anxious. You know, you've you been you, you been not lately, G-Sports. You've been not your dominance. Little something, man. Little something, You've been not your dominance lately. So, you know, I, 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 you know I'm kind of like, ugh. I got to see him. I got to see him. The Chiefs done won a division. I got to see him. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I to tell y'all at the beginning of the football season, when they started off one and four, one and three, whatever it was, to just relax and they was gonna figure it out, and they did yeah. that. Now your Chargers, who you picked to win the division, is fighting for their lives, fighting their lives, fighting for the last lives. week of the season. Listen, but I ain't gonna glue too much. Listen, G Sports has been Nostradamus in this football season. Man, I had to give it up to him. Got to give it up to him. You know, Cardinals, Cardinals. You know. You know, it, try to tell y'all. We we were just off. We were just off about who possibly could win the MVP. We both had dark horses, and obviously neither one of our dark horses is going to win the race. But I I didn't say Colin Murray was going to win the MVP. <laughs> I said he was going to be an MVP candidate. Yeah. Well, he's not even a candidate right now. Well, he missed he, he missed, missed like three or four games. He missed he missed some games. If he don't miss them three or four games, not saying he was going to win it, but he definitely he's in the conversation. He'd have been the conversation. So, but he was a candidate for the first ten weeks. Hurt. He was a candidate for the first ten Just weeks. Saying. Matter of fact, he was probably leading the award. But you know, it's a it's an eighteen game season now, and obviously we we in the last stretch of the um, season. Obviously, we all know we in week eighteen. We got so much to get into. We're gonna yep. be talking some AB. Um, we're gonna be talking national championship sports that's going down Monday night. We got a rematch of uh, what something that G Sports said that the Wolverines weren't gonna win, and there's gonna be a rematch of Georgia and Alabama. And I was on, you know, I'm a, I'm a diehard when it comes to my Wolverines, man. My man was wearing dickies, and I said we gonna win. It didn't matter if it was Dickies or Cactus, baby. We got blew out early. <laughs> I did think the day before the game uh, that Michigan had a chance to win. I, I, I just looking at Stetson Bennett, I felt like Michigan might be able to pull us off with how good their defense was playing and how right. good that offensive line had been playing all year. But, uh, you know, you, you could just tell the moment was just too big for the too, Wolverines. Yeah, it was too big. It was too big for Katie McNamara, and it was down here for the whole, organi- for the whole team. But shout out to my Wolverines for making that playoff run. Yep, yep. Um, but so much to get into. Like I said, NFL awards, Alabama, Georgia, AB. We all talking about that on FanView Live here today. But we're gonna kick this show off with that Saints talk, with that Saints talk, that who that talk. G Sports, the Saints face the Falcons this upcoming Sunday, fighting for their playoff chances, fighting for their playoff lives. If the Saints win, in the Falcon, I mean, in the 49ers, Lose the Saints are in, but if the 49ers win, 
the Saints are out. What is your prediction on this upcoming Sunday game, and do you think the Saints make the playoffs? I think the Saints will win on Sunday. Uh, you know, I don't remember the last time we went 0-2 to the Falcons in the season. And just being and how they came in the door. AB, Aaron Brooks was probably quarterback. It's been a minute since <laughs> we went 0-2 against the Falcons during the season. Um, and how they came in the dome and beat us earlier this season uh, when, when we was expected to win that game convincingly, I think they go to Atlanta Sunday and take care of business. The problem going to be is that the 49ers are going to beat the Rams. Uh, you know, I think Trey Lance is going to end up starting. And I know a lot of people are saying that with Jimmy G not being available, that that might hurt the 49ers. I beg the difference. I, beg the difference I think that. Trey Lance is going to bring a different um, dimension and a different, uh, you know, some versatility to that offense with his legs and, and, and how strong of an arm he has and the fact that the Rams doesn't have a lot of film on it. Right. Um, and the Rams are playing for something, too. They're playing to try to stay at that second spot. Um, I think who's behind them? Uh Behind them is the I believe Bucks, the Bucks. The Bucks. So Bucks. the Bucks. The Bucks are trying to get their second spot. So the Rams are playing for something. So it's going to be a very competitive game. I think the 49ers pull it out. And at the end of the day, let's just be real. The 49ers are a better team than the Saints right now. Facts. They, they, uh, better <laughs> O line. Uh, better defensively. Uh, better running backs. And they have a better quarterback, regardless if it's Jimmy G or Trey Lance. And so when you got all those um those different dynamics coming into this game. I just think that the 49ers going to take care of business on Sunday, get into the playoffs. I think the Saints will win, but they won't see the playoffs. And to be honest with you, let's be real. Let's be real. Do you want to make it? Do you really want to make it? You know, I'm, Do a you compa- wanna make- I'm a competitive person. <laughs> and I'm a Saint. I'm a die-hard no, Saints fan until I die. But let's be honest. If we get in the playoffs. We getting tattooed. We are not going to win. We just <laughs> don't have enough. It's going to be embarrassing. So, uh, but if we get in, you know, hey. Stranger things have happened, you know. Sean Payton, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's 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 hoping that some type of way that they can <laughs> have a four leaf clover in their back pocket on Sunday, where they win in the 49ers. I mean, in the 49ers lose, and they right. have a chance to have an opportunity to get in the playoffs and and try to upset that number two seed. But I just don't, don't see, see it happening. happening. I just don't see it happening, man. So that's my prediction. Listen, my man Lou says, "Boy, you the Doctor Strange of sports these days, from high school to the pros." Dr. Strange, you supposed to be Dr. Strange. Why I got to be Dr. Strange? I, 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 what's, what's wrong with Dr. Strange, man? What what's wrong with Dr. Strange? Strange? What does that mean? Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange is that dude in Avengers, man. He that dude. He's See, that I, d- I don't watch Avengers. You not watch Marvel, baby. See, this is I'm not, I'm not a Marvel fan. You must be DC. You must be into Superman fan. and Batman and Wonder Woman and, 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 and Aquaman. I'm not. Uh, you know, I watched it a little bit growing up, but I'm just, in my, in my older years, Everyone's I'm, not just, I'm just not a fan of Marvel. Now we got another comment that says, should Sean Payton be considered for coach of the year if the Saints make the playoffs? No. <laughs> no. No. Don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong. He did a great job, you know, considering the circumstances, but he should not be a coach of the year. Ooh. We'll talk about that. He should not be the coach I, of the year. Listen, here's my thing with the Saints making the postseason. Um, I do think we go to Atlanta and beat Atlanta. By the way, I'm in Atlanta. Y'all look me up this weekend. But um, – I do think we go to the Atlanta and we come out with a victory. I, again, I agree with you. We don't. I don't know when the last time the Saints lost twice to Atlanta in, in, in a season. It's been a very long time when you can think of a Sean Payton coach football team. They may have lost twice during Bounty Gate, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been that long of a time that I can recall the Falcons beating the Saints twice in, in the same season. Or maybe the year the Falcons made, made, the, made the Super Bowl run. Yeah. That could probably be yeah. the case. But I don't see Sean Payton losing to them twice. So I do have the Saints, you know, defensively, we beaten going to Atlanta and winning that game because we have something to still play for. Mm-hmm. But overall, 
I don't want to see the Saints in the postseason. I have two reasons why. One, I, I do prefer a higher draft position because I do think that we are in a situation where this is our first season after Drew Brees and having some higher selection of picks in this upcoming draft yep. will help benefit this team long term. Second of all, I'm going to be real with everybody. I'm just tired of seeing Taysom Hill at quarterback. I'm just sick of seeing it. I'm just I'm really done with the whole experiment him playing QB. I would love for him to go back to his swift army knife role that I love seeing him playing and seeing what he can do. But just watching him play quarterback with with these group of receivers, it's the inconsistency. You get Marquez Callaway catch a bomb down the field, and all of a sudden he 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 misses a, a dig route, ball bobbles in his hands. I don't want to see that in the playoffs. I just don't. It, it, and, and, and and look, let's just be like I just said, the 49ers are better, just a better team. team. They're better they team better right now. Team. They better constructed right now, and they don't. They're not decimated by injuries like the Saints. And the Saints gonna get in the playoff, and we are gonna have to win off of gadget plays and and trying to do a fake punt, block a punt. It, it's a lot of different things we are gonna have to do. Rely on to be able to pull out a victory against a number two seed, which it could be the Bucks or the Rams. Rams. Just don't see it happening. Happen. You know, let's let's ride off into the sunset for the rest of the season. Let's get healthy. And let's get ready for free agency and the draft. Yeah. And the biggest thing, to, to touch on that point, I don't want to see this team having to, try to, having to try to win every down, every first down, every second down. You, you know a team is struggling. When you feel like you have to win every down, every down you look up, it feels like that down counts. It's going to be a embarrassing thing to watch. I'm watching it now, and I'm getting tired of sicking of it. Yeah. You know really good teams don't have to win every down. They don't have to win every third down convert because you know at some point in time – they're going to figure it out. They're going to have that drive, but they're going to make that push and get to that, you know, that field goal position or get to that touchdown position. When you watch the Saints right now, it feels like every play matters. God darn, it's, it's bad to watch on offense. Now, defensively, hey, I love seeing what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. I love seeing Chauncey Garner-Johnson make a play. I love to see, you know, when, when P.J. Williams come in to make a play. I love to see Demario Davis come in here and you get the, the boom. I love to see Cam Jordan these past four games increasing his stack total because Cam Jordan has came alive these past four or five games for the Saints. I love watching that that defense. But just to watch the entire thing, I'm I'm, I'm as a fan, mm -hmm. I'm over it. I, I've accepted the fact that we're just not a good offensive team to get to the playoffs and make a push against. Here, here's how I look at football, especially in the regular season. The regular season is about players making plays. It's about making stacks. You know, you can get compensated really heavy based upon if you're a player in the regular season. But when it comes postseason time, stats don't matter no more. The organization, the team, the players, everyone has one objective. Yeah. Get to the Super Bowl and see if you can win that game. Meaning that it's not about if you can make 10 catches in the game. It's about do we win the game. Yeah. Everyone's on board with winning. And I don't think the Saints have the team with the players that we have that are healthy. We have no Michael Thomas, no solid of a certified quarterback. You know, Alvin Kamara is still healthy, but no Mark Ingram. We're not all – the offensive line is depleted. Yep. We're not all hands on deck to make that kind of push. So, I know when we don't have that kind of team with no long-term future who's going to be the quarterback or going to be for this team, it's time, to, it's time to cut it short. Man, and I'll say this, man. Uh, for all you people that claim y'all know football, that's <laughs> been talking about Cam Jordan needs to be released, Cam Jordan – uh, is not as good as he was three, four years ago. All right. Cam Jordan is leading the team with 11 and a half Left sacks. He Double digits. 13 TFLs. And he has been a, the ultimate lead on this team. And the fact that this kid has been healthy and not missed, what he missed, one game one finally? Game. Finally. In 
12 years, I think he's been very un- unappreciated. I don't think people realize how good Cam Jordan is. Am I saying this? Am I saying Cam Jordan is a is a top three, top five defensive end in the league? I'm no. not saying that, but he is definitely a top ten, top seven, depending on who you're talking to, defensive end in the league. Always coming with a motive. Is the be- is one of the best leaders in, in football, and he produces year in and in year out. out. I mean, you can't make up 11 and a half sacks nope. and 13 TFLs. Nope. And the fact that Demario Davis didn't make the Pro Bowl this year. It's I don't just, know why he keep getting it, stopped. It's just it's just mind boggling to me. Over hundred tackles, fourteen TFLs, uh, 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 six uh PBUs. I mean, and and we know some of these games this year how he dominated. Here's my problem. So you can't name me three linebackers in the NFC that better, let, let alone the league. I'm not even talking about the league because it's not about uh, when you talk about Pro Bowl. You got to talk about your conference. Yeah. I cannot name you three linebackers that are better than Demario Davis. Yep. So to, for him to continue to be snuffed out of the Pro Bowl, yep. it's a, it's it's mind boggling. One year the dude made All Pro, didn't make the All Pro Bowl. This shit got to stop. It's it's foolish. And for the fans who think that Cam Jordan is not a a, a top player in this league at, at his position, yep. y'all are crazy. Now I get the fan who believes that. Hey, listen, he's not a twenty-two million cap guy. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I would I agree would, with yeah. that. He's not going to be a 22 million cap player come this offseason. So, yes, there, there will be a discussion with Cam Jordan because he's not that. Yeah. And, but I would tell you this, if he was 25 or 26 years old, we would be having a conversation. Mm-hmm. But because he's an older player, granted, he's going to have to have the conversation with the organization because, no, he, the Saints can't afford him to have a $22 million cap number mm-hmm. going into next year. Mm-hmm. But for fans who just think that get rid of Cam Jordan, he ain't dissing it. Dog, y'all fans are starting to blow me. Yep. Y'all starting to get on my. Y'all don't know football. Yep. I y'all, don't know what you're watching. I don't know what you're watching. Like, wait, look at think about it again. I don't know what you're watching. Cam Jordan is still one of the top defensive ends in all of football. And he shows y'all when it counts, when it matters, that he is this. And the statistics will always back it up when we're talking about Cam Jordan. Now, do I think he's a 22 million out of cap player? No. I think he should be somewhere around between 10 to 15 million out of cap. And that's only because of age. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Saints could figure that part out, because obviously they're going to start the season off with a with one of the highest you know, over-the-cap numbers in Mickey, I trust. I won't even question Mickey no more. Mickey then got you down from 100 million down to under the cap in two months. I won't ever question him again. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to happen. Yeah. I'm never going to sit on this platform and say, man, Mickey ain't going to fix it. Mickey going to fix it. I'm over that. So he going to figure it out, and Cam Jordan will be a Saints for the upcoming season. And sit sit back and get your popcorn ring. I just hope that we keep Dennis Allen moving forward because um the guy's gonna be a prime target for a lot of teams. But see, that's that, and, and I'm glad you said that. Some <laughs> people just gotta realize what their role is and what their lane is. Some people are just not head coaches. Dennis Allen, phenomenal def- defensive coordinator, great football mind. Some people are just not great in the ultimate leadership positions, and he's one of them. He had his chances with the Raiders. He had his chance being an interim coach at a couple stops. Don't get me don't get me wrong. Can he do it if if your head coach is out with COVID? Can he do it if your head coach wants to be like Urban Meyer and stay back with you know in, in the town they played in and stay at a bar and and, and have a couple of drinks with some girls <laughs> and, and, and handle the team? Yeah, he yeah, can do that. Pull it but off. for him to be a head coach for somebody throughout a seventeen week season, that is not his forte. Dennis Allen, please <laughs> do not entertain going be a head coach at any of these places. The Jets. The Jaguars, <laughs> the Detroit Lions. That's a bad situation. Don't forget Stay in New Orleans. Don't forget about the Browns, because Matt Nagy, the Bears. I mean, because Matt Nagy's going to yeah, be gone. Yeah, the Bears. 
stay in New Orleans. Keep eating this good food down here. Keep going to New Orleans Food and Spirits. Keep going to that little bar on Chopper Tulas that you like to go to <laughs> after the game on Sundays after we win. Yeah. And, and, and ride over to the sunset as Sean Payton's defensive coordinator. And I promise if you do that, we're going to have a hell of a free agency. We're going to get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or somebody. And I promise you, we're going to have a chance to be competing for a Super Bowl next year. Listen, you try to, you try to put that man in, 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 in the Wade Phillips slash – uh, Greg Williams situation. That man too young for that. that man got aspirations to dream. G Sport. He's not a head coach. He's not a head coach. <laughs> that man he got aspirations to dream. He doesn't even G-Sport. have a head coach persona. You know how some people just had a head coach persona. He doesn't have it. Damn. That man. That man feel like he Mike Zimmer. Man, just give me an opportunity. Man, Mike Zimmer became the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings head coach and did a hell of a job over. <laughs> yeah, they, solid. Yeah, solid. <laughs> but moving on, uh, I do want to get into some NFL awards. G Sports. Um, we got some guys that are going to be winning some awards this year. Just obviously, we all recognize this is a regular season award. So this is why we got to talk about it in the end of the regular season, baby. Um, let's start off with two of them, to me, is going to be unanimous. It's going to be very clear-cut. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. I'm quite sure you and I will probably both agree that Mika Parsons is going to win that award unanimously. I don't think there's going to be another defensive rookie that had the season that he has had. Would you have another? You, you saying rookie or you rookie? S- rookie, defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Defensive rookie of the year. I think Mika Parsons is going to win that award hands down. It's it's a slam dunk award. Just go ahead and box it up and give it to him. I don't think of another rookie that's had the impact that he has had on defensive rookie of the year. Um, going to offensive rookie of the year. There's a it's a two man race depending on who you're talking to. I think if you play this position, you're going to be a little biased. I think everyone else is over here. <laughs> Obviously, this is a two-way race between Mac Jones and what the New England Patriots have done as a team. Mm-hmm. And then we move over to that bad man in Cincinnati who's down here from the West Bank, baby, and Jamar Chase. My vote is Jamar Chase. He beat the rookie receiving record for most yards within 17 games. He didn't need week 18 to do it. He beat his former teammate's record, in Justin Jefferson. He beat that record. And you watch the fact that he has, what, I believe 13 or 14 touchdowns on the season and under 80 catches. To me, he's my rookie of the year. Now, I get it. If you played the quarterback position at any level, high school or, you know, college or pro, or if you're sometime a head coach, you may have, you know, give a lot of favoritism to Mac Jones. I think Mm -hmm. Mac Jones deserve a lot of votes for what the Patriots were and how he had to come in and, you know, become the starter. You know, they released Cam and, not a lot of people had expectations of them winning the division. Everyone had it penciled down that the Buffalo Bills were, the, were going to be the division winner of this team, including myself. And for them to win the division and have the record they have with Mac Jones, it's been pretty impressive. I don't want to take nothing away from his rookie year. I think the Patriots have found their guy to replace Tom Brady long term. Huh. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that he's going to have seven Super Bowl so, victories. So you, so you on the Mac Jones train? I think Mac Jones is the Patriots quarterback long term. Let me tell you something. Mac Jones is a solid quarterback in the NFL. Nothing more, nothing less. And when I tell you that next year he's going to have a sophomore slump. Teams, gonna, have a teams are going to have a lot of film on him. They're going to figure out what he doesn't do good and what he do, what he does well. And he's going to be an average. He's going to go from above, from average to below average. Next year. You're so disrespectful. I'm telling you now, so Mac Jones is not the answer for Bill Belichick going forward. You Bill Belichick so them did a great job of scheming 
running the football, playing good complimentary defense. Mac Jones not the answer. You got to get off the train. He had a couple of good games when he had, you know, threw for 300 yards, but he also had some games where you saw his deficiencies. Well, he couldn't get the ball down the field, where he was checking it down, where he you could tell that that's football. You could t- you can tell that he can't go win a game for you. You can tell that. I Tom Brady couldn't win a game for them in his first four seasons in New England. Mac Jones, look, Tom, what? Tom Brady brought this team to a Super Bowl after Drew Bledsoe got hurt. You forgot about that? That defense and, did. And that drove, defense did. And drove him around the field. That defense And did. drove him around the field on an 80-play 80, 80 yard drive to get the game with a field goal by Adam Vinatieri. That defense did. And brought him down from 28-3 that's, to the Falcons. That's latest. That's later so, so I say, I say, I say his first four years. Please, look, in your life, in, in, as long as you keep living on this earth, God spare you. Don't you ever in your, in your, in your life put Tom Brady in the same stratosphere or even in the same conversation as Mac Jones. Listen, Mac Jones is an average quarterback. Tom Next Brady year, was an average quarterback his first four seasons saw, in the league. You saw greatness in him. No, you didn't. Yes, you you saw did. a great defense. Yes you, did. yes, you did. When you saw him take over for Drew Bledsoe. An average. When you saw him take over for Drew Bledsoe, did he blow it out the water? No, he no. did not. But you saw spurts where you was like, Man, this this kid could be pretty good. You knew that he had ice water in his veins. You knew when the game was nah. on the line, he rose to the occasion. I don't see that out of Mac Jones. I see a scared little boy <laughs> that's in a great situation <laughs> with a great organization, with a great coach that schemed him up really well. That's what coaches do. And he had an average year. And I promise you, once they get film on him for next year, he's going to look below average. Listen, Mac Jones. I can promise you that. Mac Jones had done a heck of a job. Now, is he my rookie of the year? No, it's Jamar. Chase. Small chase by far, but on, but then you came back and you said Mac Jones did a hell of a job. They, the, the, the Patriots, Patriots have, have their quarter, quarterback, quarterback they, of the future. They, they no, did. They haven't. No, they, they haven't. No, they haven't. They did. No, they haven't. Hey, we are gonna revisit this one. Archive <laughs> producer. Archive. Archive producer. I promise yes. you, yes. Mac. What, what what you be watching? Is Bill Belichick gonna coach your team for the next five more years? No, we we'll probably. You have, don't think so. No, he's seventy plus now. Guess what? Guess what? You know why? You know why he won't? Because he know he don't have a quarterback of the future. You got to be stopped. He's That's seven, why. He's 70 plus. At some point in time, it's nah, over for nah, him. Nah, he knew. He, he knew. Listen, it's over. Listen, you will stick around. Why do you think Tom Brady's sticking around? Because he see all those weapons he got on, on Tampa Bay's offense. He see how good that defense is, how young they are. That's why he's sticking around. You think if Tom Brady was playing with a bunch of slap dicks, he'll be trying to stick around to he's 45, 46 years old? No. Hell no. Bill Belichick see that Mac Jones is an average quarterback. I promise you, he probably never said it in the media because he want to keep his, his, his confidence high. Oh but I promise you, going forward, my God. Mac Jones is not the answer for them people. Listen, we're going to agree to disagree. Mac Jones have a heck of a rookie. I'm not going to let you play with Mac Jones like that. It, it was more coaching and scheming him up. Josh McDaniels did a great job. Bill Belichick did a great job. job. They ran the football real good and had a really good defense like they always do. And Belichick just understands how to play He's a rookie. football. Yeah. Yeah, he's a rookie. What that mean? Okay. So. I, look, Justin Fields didn't have a great year this year, but you saw, you see greatness in him. If he's if he has the right situ- if he's in the right situation. I told you. If he, he has the right weapons around him, if he has a good over the line, I told if he you has a good running game. I told you, you when know it started. That Justin Fields can be a legitimate franchise quarterback. Mac Jones, stop it. Stop. Stop it. I'd rather watch paint dry. <laughs> stop it. But the Patriots, that's the kind of quarterbacks they like. So to me, for their system, Mac Jones fits the bill. Now. The only thing we're going to agree on is Jamal Chase is, is head and shoulders the rookie of the year yeah. for, the, uh, for the NFL. I've been saying Mac Jones going to get some votes, depending on who you talk talking to. No, he's no, he not. Okay. No, he's not. He's going to get, he gonna get the, my vote. The only way he would get a vote is if, if somebody down there that worked for the Boston Globe that, that, that's been covering the pages for a long time. That's the only way he's going to get a vote. Stop. 
Listen, stop it. Nah. Stop it. And Jalen Waddle should get votes way before Mac Jones. Way before. 94 catches, baby. Now, moving on. Defensive rookie. The defensive MVP of the year. Now, for a lot of people, this award is going to be very scarce for a lot of people. But obviously, you got to put the rookie back in it who's going to win the defensive rookie of the year and Mika Parson. And then you got to really throw in that. Some people are going to throw in T.J. Watt in that mix because of what the record that he's about to break in terms of he has an opportunity to become the all-sack leader. Um, and obviously, Trayvon Diggs. Um, who will get your vote for defensive MVP? Who De- wins the award for you? Definitely T.J. White. Definitely T.J. White. T.J. White impacts the game week in and week out. Uh, you have to really game plan for this guy. Um, yeah. And he, he continues to get better. He is the reason why the Steelers' defense has been really, really good this year. You know, no disrespect to anybody on that defense, but when you got a person that could come off the edge, you chip him, you can, you can slide yep. your protection, he still finds a way to still get to the quarterback. And when you have that, it opens up other things for people like uh, Cameron Haywood and other people on that Devin defense Bush. T- to make plays. Um, don't get me wrong, Trevon Diggs, you know, with the interceptions, but let's, let's, let's not forget. He gave it the most yards. He gave it the most yards out of all the corners in the league. Yeah. All right. Not saying he's not a good corner, but we got to put that in perspective. Um, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of games that I watched of the Cowboys this year, Trevon Diggs, a lot of his interceptions was kind of thrown right to him. It, it wasn't the type of interceptions where you see him, like, coming out his back pedal, breaking on the ball. Uh, it, a lot of them was he the, made the, the play it was like badly, a It was badly thrown balls, and he made a play. I'm not taking nothing from him. I think he's a. I think he's a really, really good corner. I think he's going to continue to ascend, but he should not win. A, he should not win Defensive Player of the Year over T.G. White. Here's my pick, and I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Diggs for reason for one reason, one reason only, because of the impact that he had, interception wise, it's been a consistent thing throughout the season. He has 11 on the season, and he also has two interceptions for touchdowns. He gave up the most yards this year of any corner. He takes way too many gambles. But his gambles have paid off at the right time yep. in those games. Mm-hmm. And because of that level of impact, and it started off since week one throughout the entire regular season, he's been the most consistent name throughout the regular season on the defensive end. T.J. Watt is possibly can have an opportunity to break the all-time sack on to sack record. Mm-hmm. And T.J. Watt, what he has done for Pittsburgh defensively has been great. But Pittsburgh has struggled as a team all year long. And some of the stats that T.J. Watt has have went unnoticed because of Pittsburgh struggles. That has not been the case for Trayvon Diggs. Impact-wise, his interceptions, to me, have a bigger impact on the games that he's played in than T.J. Watt sacks. T.J. Watt is a far better player than Trayvon Diggs. But the award is not going to – to me, the people who are going to vote on the award are not thinking about who's the better player. They're thinking about who the player who had the bigger impact. And to me, Diggs have had the biggest impact. I, Diggs is not the best player on his defense. That, that, that could arguably be made who you make with Demarcus Lawrence mm-hmm. or, to me, now emerging Mika Parson. But his impact on the plays that he made at the time that he made them were big. And so because he started it off in week one and towards the end of the season – the same type of plays that he was still making when he was making them, there's not a corner in this league that has 11 interceptions. There's not a corner that has really two interceptions taken back to the house. They don't have a corner who made those type of impactful plays. So if I'm voting, my pick is Diggs. 
Now, moving on to MVP of the league. Yeah, you, you just you, sometimes I just don't understand your, your mindset. Sometimes, why? What you mean? You 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 just you just said that Trevon Diggs gave up the most yards, the most yards out yeah. of all the corners of the league. He did, but you, then you're gonna come and make a case that he should be defensive player, defensive player of the year. Yeah, over T.J. White. Yeah, he has the most impact plays too. The plays that he made were impactful for the team at the time he made those plays. His team needed that play. No, but the ball was thrown right to him. I don't care. He made it. He made it. He caught it. You're missing the issue. He caught it. He made the I play. think this is more about my, Mika Parsons getting pressure on the quarterback at the Marcus Lawrence when he came back. I don't care. He didn't sack him. Then, he didn't sack him. He made the interception. Then it's about Trevon Diggs he made the getting these picks. He caught the picks. Listen, and I don't <laughs> want to sound like a hater. I don't want to sound like it because I think Trevon Diggs is a really good corner. I think he's solid. But to the, the, the call him the defensive player of the league? You got to think about week we one. We got to stop. You got to think about week one. Consistency. Play back the clips. He had he, Play back the clips. He had an interception his first six games of the season. Who were we talking about the first six weeks of the season? Only Listen, sometimes, listen, sometimes interceptions can be misleading. I'll never forget. I'll take you back. <laughs> I'll take you back, fan viewers. <laughs> When the Cowboys played the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl, uh-huh. Neil O'Donnell, if you're not an 80s baby, you probably don't know who that is. Neil O'Donnell was a starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he threw two pick sixes to a corner named Larry Brown. You probably don't even know who that is. He's sad. He ca- Listen, he caught two pick sixes, one MVP of the Super Bowl, and they got a fat contract by the Oakland Raiders. And became burn unit. And turned into burn unit. a super slap dick. <laughs> My point is this: the two picks, and if you don't, if you don't believe me, go back and look it up on YouTube. Shit to Bucky Jones is the same. The thing. ball was thrown right to him, and I'm telling you, Javon Diggs had what? He got 12 interceptions, 11, 11. He got 11. I promise you, out of the 11, eight of them was thrown right to him. Don't matter. Thrown right to him. All you got to do is just turn around, and put your hands up. He got good hands now. And and, and 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 that might sound like I'm hating, you, but I'm just speaking facts. And for you to think maybe. that he should get the rookie, I mean the defensive rookie. MVP over TJ Watt, that is absurd. See, Fred Jones, see, that is absurd. See, you de- you deciding based, you decide you're making your pick based on who's the better player. I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the impact on the season. This TJ Watt sacks has not impacted the Steelers' season. Are you serious? They haven't. The Steelers probably not gonna make the playoffs. It hasn't impacted their season. Because the Cowboys have a better team. Because the Cowboys have a, a better offensive line than the Steelers. The, the Cowboys have better receiving core than the Steelers. The Steelers don't have Juju, who is their number one receiver. Listen. Come on now. Come on now. And the, and the Steelers don't have the back the back end players like the Cowboys. You gotta stop. What you yeah. watching? What you watching? What you watching? You, you just gotta you gotta you gotta be better no. with, with, your, no. with your analysis. No. Okay. Now when you see they probably award Trayvon, I'm like, I told you. I'm like, it's, it's, he did hey, it all season long. I'm going to tell you like this. If the Cowboys cornerback, Trevon Diggs, get the MVP of the league for, for defense, I'm going on Twitter and I'm going on a rant. <laughs> he going to rant Twitter. I'm going on a rant. Going I'm, going, I'm going on a rant. I, I, because I'm because it, you, it's nothing you could tell me. Listen, Mika Parsons deserved get to get the defensive MVP of the league over Trevon Diggs. The way they now, use now, him, you sound like you hate versatility wise. Now you sound versatility like wise. The way they, Michael Parsons has played all the linebacker positions. He's he's played you're defensive talking about, You're talking he about utility. He has done a a, a a lot of different things this year to impact that defense for the Cowboys more than what Trevon Diggs has done. Trevon Diggs 
Everybody get all caught up when you caught all these when you catch all these interceptions. And I'm not taking nothing from him. I'm not saying he's not a good corner. I'm not saying he shouldn't be considered a, a, a MVP candidate, but he should not win it. Stop it. We're gonna agree to disagree. Stop it. Nah, nah. We we need to you need, you need to come on to this side. You need to come on to this side. We're gonna see when the war come out. Now, moving on to MVP the league. They got guys who are going to be up for this award. Cooper Cup, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Those are some of the names that are going to come up when we talk about MVP of the league. G Sports, who is your vote for MVP of the league? I would even throw in Jonathan Taylor in that mix because I think he's going to get he some votes. He should be a candidate. He should be a candidate. It's, you know, I, I know it might be something that – that a lot of different people are saying, but I got I can't go against it. It got to be discount double check. The fact that this guy has his team the number one overall seed in the NFL, mm-hmm. okay, um, has thrown for over four thousand yards. I think he's he's at like thirty eight touchdowns, thirty four touchdowns, thirty four touchdowns, five interceptions, five interceptions. And let's be honest, who is he really throwing the ball to besides Devontae Adams? Doesn't have a real, a real, a real good tight end. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Tunyon gets the job done. Good he's, serviceable player, but he's not a he's not a great tight end. Uh, 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 Lazard and and those guys. Don't get me wrong. Solid. Nothing more. Nothing less. Aaron Jones, really good running back. I'll give you that. Right. But other than Devontae Adams, how is he continuing to put up over thirty points a game in this league? How? And it's because he's great. And the, the fact that that ownership and general manager disrespected him like they did this past offseason, this is a hell of a way to throw it back in their face. And I, I just think that when you talk about the MVP, I know Joe Burrow has had a hell of a year. Yeah. Um, but I just cannot give it give it to anybody besides Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers should be the MVP, but Joe Burrow will be the MVP. Oh, and my God. Here's the reason why. Oh, my God. Here's the reason why. Oh, my God. The award is trending into the young guy's direction. And the reason being because the league is going in the youngest quarterback direction. They need to find somebody to market. <gasps> Joe Burrow, out of the 11 guys who have over 4,000 yards passing, he has the high completion percentage of those 11 guys. He has the most yards per play of those guys. And at the end of the day, he has the least amount of, he has the least amount of attempts of all those guys. So when you look at him, he has over 30 touchdowns. He has 4,600 yards. And when you look at some of the guys who had these, he, I think he's the only one of the few quarterbacks that has a 5,000-yard passing season this season. They're going to take all those things into consideration in addition to the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals won the NFC North. They're going to take all those things into consideration because you got to think about it. Joe Burrow had a, the Achilles injury, you know, that brought him back. So when he had to come back to come out of the team, picked fifth overall. Look at the, look at the team achievements with him there. And look what he has done this season, playing a full, healthy season. They're going to take all those things into consideration. Look at the trend of the guys who won the award. Patrick Mahomes won in his second year. Lamar Jackson won in his second year. So you, Aaron Rodgers had recently won it. The league also needs players, these younger guys, that they can market to us as some of the face of the league going forward. Aaron Rodgers should be the MVP. He is the most valuable player. But I think overall – they're going to select him. And because of the season that he's had and the impact that he's had on the team throughout the year, to me, that's who they're going to select. When you talk about the MVP of the league, okay, 
you, you got to think about what fits the criteria. And I think we get misconstrued about this. Did Joe Burrow have a hell of a season? Yes, he did. Yeah. But let's, let me ask you a question, yeah. Fred. That boy, Fred. If you took Joe Burrow off that team and you put in Kirk Cousins or you put in Jared Goff or you put in Trevor Lawrence, do you think the Bengals would still have that record? Do you still think they would have won the NFC North and went ten and six? Do you still think? Do you still think Jamal Chase would have had the year he had? Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon. Do you still? Do you still think they would have had that kind of year if you if you insert those quarterbacks for Joe Burrow? Not all of them. The only one I think that can do stop, that. man. Not all of them. The stop. only one I think that can do that would be Kirk Cousins. Really? Out of the list you just gave me. Really? Out of the list you just gave me. I, I beg to differ. I think any of those quarterbacks could have came in. Now, out of the list you gave me. Now, listen. Joe Burrow. I mean, what they have thrown for 4,600 yards, I'm not saying that. But they could have came in and had, a, and had a really good year and had this team 10-6 and six to win that division. The division was bad this year. Let's be honest. The division was bad this year. Was Lamar Jackson missed a bunch of games. Okay. Pittsburgh just been bad all year. They've been up and down. Inconsistent. inconsistent. Mm-hmm. The Browns. Consistent. Injuries. Baker Mayfield, just like Shannon Shark said. Still. He might need to be a franchise quarter, a franchise uh on, on a franchise of a fast food restaurant. He don't need to be a franchise quarterback, just like Shannon Sharp yeah. said. Robin so, Lee Blanc. So the, that that division wasn't great like it's been in years but it's past. Still, but they haven't won it in years past. My point is this: those quarterbacks I named, I feel like could have filled in for Joe Burrow, and they still went ten and oh six. Might not have had the same amount of yards and had that kind of production, but I still think they would have had a good year, and they still would have had that kind of success. Now let's go to Aaron Rodgers. If you take Aaron Rodgers off the Green Bay Packers, there's only about four, maybe five quarterbacks in the league that could have came in and still brought that team to win a division and get them and get them to a top two seed in the playoffs. They're the number one seed in the NFC. You know what I'm just saying? Yeah. I'm just saying, if you took him off, if you took Aaron Rodgers out of out, his quarterback. If you take him out of this equation and you put anybody else, he's because he's a top four or five quarterback, G. It's because he is the MVP. Because he's the most valuable player. If you take him <laughs> off that team and you insert, it's thirty-two teams in the NFL. Yeah, and you put and you take twenty, you go on. If you take twenty-seven he's the top quarterbacks, four or five players in the league, there's twenty-seven quarterbacks in the NFL. If you put in that spot, they would not have done what he did with Green Bay. With those weapons he ever owned him, he would not have done it. Because he's a top in four Cincinnati, five quarterback in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, I just named some average to above Listen, average quarterbacks. That could have went in what Cincinnati and did what Joe Burrow did this year. What you're doing is you're taking. He is surrounded by some really good weapons. Listen, Joe Mixon, a top seven, top six running back, might be top five running back in the league. Jamal Chase, definitely top five receiving the league. T. Higgins had Tyler, a hell of a year. Tyler Boyd might be one of the best third but, options in the league. But again, you're naming guys. You're naming Aaron Rodgers a top five player in this league. There's not going to be many players at all that's going to be able to do what Aaron Rodgers could come do. You're making my point. The point I'm saying is that when you say that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what situation you put Aaron Rodgers in, he's going to look like an MVP of the league. It doesn't matter where he goes. I could put Aaron Rodgers in, in Jacksonville, he's going to look like an MVP. No, you're not. I, no, you're not. Not, 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 not Jacksonville. Now, that's, I don't that's care where you put that's him. That's the worst or the worst. It don't matter. I'm talking I about. Could put, I, could put, I could put Aaron Rodgers. Who is he throwing to besides Devontae Adams? I could put him Who is he in, throwing to? I could put Aaron Please Rodgers. Let me know. I could put Aaron Rodgers in the Jets uniform, he's going to look like an MVP. It does not matter where he goes. It doesn't matter. He's one of the best five players in the league. Man, I'm telling you right now. It goes about the season that they had. 
when we come down to the season that somebody had, Joe Burrow has had a season where he's going to start getting some of those votes. And plus, it's the, the impact that he's had is came late in the season. Man, you talking about somebody that threw for 4,000 yards, 35 touchdowns, and four picks. Yeah. Joe Burrow got 14 picks. Everybody on the top of that list got 10 double-digit picks. That sounds like a personal problem. This is the MVP of the league, hands down. Let's stop talking stupid. No, listen. If you take Aaron Rodgers off that team, be, and you, but he's if, not going to get the war. If you take Aaron Rodgers off the Packers, it's only about five quarterbacks in the league that could come in and do and do what he did. Because he's a top five player. With those, with those minuscule weapons that he have. G, because you're saying because he's a top five player. Joe Burrow is not a top five player yet. He's so, not. So why, why why is he the MVP? L- Lamar Jackson won MVP. I can promise you, I can name you a bloody guys who could go in and do and take make Baltimore a contender. Who? What? Who? Who? I could put Joe Burrow right how, there. How the hell are you? Gonna, I could put Joe Burrow all, right now in Baltimore, all, and they're gonna make him MVP. First of all, that's not a good point. You know why? Because Lamar Jackson led his team in rushing and 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 passing. So who the who the hell are you gonna go find in you the NFL need, that's gonna come in and lead his team in rushing and passing? You don't need a quarterback to lead his team in rushing. That's why they was good. Because he let him in rushing. If if you take Balt, if you take Lamar Jackson off the team and put a passer there, they're gonna have the same impact that Lamar they, Jackson. Their offense does is not predicated to somebody that's gonna throw the ball until you forty get, times a until game. Until you get and, one, and, 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 and until play you get or, one, or pass it precision. Until they're you get all, one, until you get one. No, Joe, Joe no, Flacco no, was there before no, he got there. No, no, that's a different. That's a de- that's a different defensive. Co- I mean, offensive coordinator. Though. Okay, because they have Lamar Jackson. What I'm telling you right now, with the person that they have right now, some guy, a guy who gets that can throw the ball to. Uh, Hollywood Brown and everyone else. Yes, Hollywood Brown ain't 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 no guy like that. Again, Hollywood Brown is a, is a is a good person that can stretch the field. Okay, nothing what? more, nothing less. Stop trying to act like he's a number one receiver in his league. What I'm telling you is that if you got a precision passer in Baltimore, he's he gonna make that group of guys that look offense good. It doesn't even that's not that don't even sound right. Because you, you watch the offense since Lamar you watch Jackson has been there. Could you watch it with Lamar Jackson there? The, their team, the, the team roster on offense is made up. Full of Lamar Jackson's skill set. It's not made up for somebody like a Matthew Stafford, somebody that's going to throw the ball on the field and play with precision. That, that's not how that offense is. That's not how that, that, it will that, change that roster when, is it, made up. It will change when he get there. How? How? They, you, they, the, the way the team is constructed, That's how you can't change that in the middle of the season. If you get to change at the beginning of the season, it will change. That's a lot of changing. No, that's not. Yes, it is. That team is predicated off of a lot of RPO, zone reads, because you got to worry about Lamar Jackson running. That's all he could do. He led his team in rushing. And passing. So for you to sit here and say somebody can go and do what he did and win the MVP, you done lost your damn mind. What I'm telling you is that when it comes down to Joe Burrow and the season that he's had and the impact on the season that he's had, you're talking to say, okay, I could just go take some other guys out of there and take him out of the equation and put something Yes, because yes. he had that much talent around him. So what I'm telling you is that at the end of the day, his production and what he did as a quarterback, he made the throws, he made the plays. So at he, the end of the day, Joe Burrow is going to be looked at as a guy that could win that award because at the end of the day, he had to make the plays. Joe Burrow had a had a really good year, man. I'm not taking that from him. And I don't want I know I know we having these debates that sound like I'm hating, but I'm not. Kind of is. 35 touchdowns to four interceptions with a 68% completion rate and 4,000 yards, and you're the number one seed in the NFL. How the hell can you get somebody to because, MVP over him? Because at the end of the day, he's not going to play week 17. There's nothing to play for. He don't have 4,000. He's 3,900 some change. I don't think Joe Burrow playing them all either. He has his so he's not going. He's not going to uplift his stats. And, and fourteen picks ain't coming off that off that stat margin. It ain't coming off. But 46, fourteen picks. That's but a lot. Has, but he has forty six hundred passing yards. Yeah, fourteen picks. Okay. Aaron Rodgers got four. Ten less. And he's the number one seed. What less weapons? Come again. At the end of the day, they're gonna look at the award and they're gonna look at. At the end of the day, they're gonna look at. If the Joe award. Burrow gets the MVP over over, Aaron you gonna go Rodgers, on Twitter again? 
I'm going to go on a rant. And, 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 and they, they need to make me a voter. They need to make me a goddamn voter. You're going to go on Twitter again? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. So it's two ranks. You have two. Two. You Trevon Diggs and Joe Burrow. Yes. They both won the awards. Yes. You want to win it. They should be candidates. And I, I ain't saying they shouldn't get no votes, but they should not win it. Okay. Head coach of the year. How, how you? How you? What? Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. Yes. Oh, my God. Did the Cardinals make the playoffs last year? No, did the Bengals. I got my, my, my pick is Zach Taylor. The Cardinals 11 and 5. Bengals 10, what, 10 and 6? Last time I checked, 11 and 5 better than 10 and 6. Okay. Okay. Are they going to win the division? Who? The Cardinals. The Cardinals, yeah, they're going to win it. They're in the division, but are they going to win it? Yeah. If the, four, if the Rams win, who wins the division? The Cardinals going to win it tomorrow. I mean, this week. If the Rams win their game, then the Rams win the division. The Rams they, will be number two seed. The Rams they, will win the division. They split. They but split. It, they split. If for, the, they split, if, they one and one. If the Rams win tomorrow, the Rams win the division. And if the Cardinals win tomorrow, they gonna win the division. No, the Cardinals will be. The Rams will have the second seed. They had the second seed, but I don't think they win the division. Trey. If if, the, if you're the second seed in the NFC, then how you don't win the division? I don't know. I'm gonna do my research. I'm telling you. Moving on. <laughs> so you got Cliff Kingsbury. I got Cliff Kingsbury. I got I got Zach Taylor. I got Cliff Kingsbury because you know why. Everybody picked the Cardinals to finish last. And I told y'all what was going to happen. Everybody picked the Bengals to finish last, but the Bengals come up first. To me, they're the hottest team in the market, baby. Cardinals or not. But moving on, we got to talk about AB. So we already got we got our own set of drama, G Sports. We got to talk about Antonio Brown. AB, if people who already know y'all to watch that happen on Sunday, AB decided to take off the the shoulder pads, the helmet, the T-shirt, all of the above, and decides to leave the field on Sunday. And obviously the Buccaneers decided to release him immediately after the game was over against the Jets. Obviously they, they were down. They had to come back. They won the game. What's your case on G, G Sports? What is your case on Antonio Brown? Is his career over? At first I, th- I did before all the facts came out, um, you know, and everybody was on social media saying he was crazy and he has mental illness and stuff like that. And I do think. He has some issues to some degree, but I don't think it's to the to the magnitude that people thinks it is. I agree. Uh, I knew that's why I didn't get on t- in social media and say anything because I knew it was most of this story. And if you listen to Antonio Brown in the past when he did um, the podcast with LeBron and Maverick Carter, him, uh-huh. he has a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. This dude understands, you know, mm-hmm. and if the NFL how these owners work, how the business works, business works, and he might not handle situations the best the way he should, but this dude has a good head on his shoulders. Um, I just think that he handles situations bad sometimes. You know, I'll never forget, man. You know, I was young and dumb. When I was in high school, me and my me and my boss, when I was working at Popeyes, man, I I I didn't get along with him too much. <laughs> and I remember walking out, throwing biscuits and knocking and knocking up uh the bowl of mashed potatoes over <laughs> and, and, and hitting them with the deuces and walking outside. But, you know, I was young. Yeah. I was I was 16 years old. I didn't understand what life was all about. I didn't right. understand about, you know, keeping relationships and, and doing right by people. And at this age I'm at now, I would never do anything like that. Correct. You know, if I met somebody that that I felt like, you know. Mistreated you. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't agree with how they do things. Right. I would handle it totally different. Yeah. And I just think that at the age that Antonio Brown is at, he got, he has to learn to handle situations better even when he feel like he's being doing, he, he feel like he's being done wrong, and I think that's the only thing that I would knock him about. 
everything that's coming out about, you know, Bruce Aarons, you know what I'm saying, that he should have played with an ankle injury, and they told him he's cut if he don't play, and the text message that's coming out, I feel like Antonio Brown is well within his rights um, for leaving the team. Now, he shouldn't have did it in the fashion that he did it. Right. What he should have did was he should have just took his equipment off probably and just silently walked to the, to the locker room. That's what he should have did. Taking his, taking his shirt off, throwing it in the stands, running, and waving to the crowd. I just think he made he made he made, he it, made it bad as worse. Himself. Yeah, he made it bad as worse for himself. And, and and when you do that, people are going to stereotype you and give you a bad name, regardless if you are right or wrong right. before the facts come out. And so I think he could possibly get another shot in the NFL because I'm gonna promise you this: Antonio Brown's lawyer is going to sue the piss out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with this ankle injury and how that medical staff handled this. So. I think it's a, it's a small chance he gets another shot in the league. But he has to learn how to handle situations better when he gets into these organizations. Here's my thing, and I made this comment on Twitter, and I'm going to stick to this position. I think his career is over because at some point in time, we are at an age where we're in, we in a position of court of public opinion. He's an official in distraction. It's no doubt about it. The actions of what you just abbevy to is names immediate distraction. We're not talking about Antonio Brown's performance as a wide receiver. He's still one of the best receivers I've watched play this game. I think he can make every play on the field. We talking football, and in terms of him making plays, that's cut. That's cut. The, that's cut. That's cut the bull crap. He can play, but as a team now, you got to think about the situation he had at Pittsburgh in the locker room, how he handled situations how he handled when he got traded, when he asked for the trade, when he finally got out of Pittsburgh and got to the Oakland. They wasn't able to play a down because of him and Gruden and all was going on there. He gets, you know, you know, gets released. He gets to New England. New England doesn't stay there. He gets released. And at that point in time, Antonio Browns was I was on the outside looking in, and the person that made all the suggestions and, and advice to get him in Tampa Bay was Tom. And he got that opportunity because of what Tom could do. In terms of the teams, and the general managers, I'm quite sure they got a little buddy-buddy system over there. Mm-hmm. And they have their own conversations, and they make their own type of decision. I think he got there because of time. But when you have this kind of action, whether he was right or wrong, shows another opportunity that he decided to, you know, spaz out, what people will call it. And so teams cannot afford to keep awarding opportunities to a player like this because of – what he has displayed from other teams and other organizations. Antonio Brown has displayed that he can be very selfish. Now, whether whether that's whether he had merit to be selfish or not is not the point. How he spazzes out, it shows that he was he could be selfish. Had these facts not come out and he put these text messages on display, Bruce, they they clearly asked Bruce Arians, did he let y'all know that his ankle was hurting him? Bruce Arians said no. Bruce Aaron's lying. Exactly. He's lying. And then Antonio Brown he comes lied. out with the text messages. He lied. You clearly knew he had, he had a problem or uh, uh, injury lied. with his ankle. And then players on the team has been anonymous coming out and telling some of these reporters Notice. what they heard happen on the sideline. Correct. And so I think that is going to give him a small opportunity to be able to get back in the league. Think about it, man. He's still an elite talent. And if he can help you get to a Super Bowl, I can see a team still taking a chance on him. With these facts coming out, and it's going to be to a, 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 some kind of circumstance where, you know, they might sign up to a one-year deal where nothing is guaranteed and it's all incentive-based. 
I can see something like that happening for Antonio Brown going forward. Uh, if I'm one of these playoff teams, I ain't going to lie to you. I might give him a call. I might give him a call. If I'm Green Bay, I might give him a call. If I'm Kansas City, I might give him a call. If I'm Dallas, especially with Michael Gallup getting hurt, my guy got hurt. I might fall out for the season. I might give him a call, and I probably would just sign him to the rest of the season. Nothing is guaranteed. It's strictly incentive based, and he can help you win a Super Bowl. If he's a distraction, just cut him, and you don't owe him any money. I, I, listen, I wouldn't disagree with that position because at the end of the day, it's about the team hosting the Labarda Trophy. And if yeah. he can help you do that, yeah, I get that position. And there's no risk if you sign him to a deal for the rest of the season. And you can just cut him and move And on. you don't owe him any guaranteed money. money. It's strictly incentive-based. He's the guy to play football. And, I, and I'll say this, too. This gotta, if this not telling to a lot of you people that's been following this situation, if Antonio Brown could have, I think he needed two touchdowns. He needed one touchdown. One touchdown, 56 yards. And I think he needed eight catches. Eight catches. To get a, 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 a little over a million dollars. So, if he tell these people he hurt and that he can't go because of his ankle, I really believe he must have been hurt. You can say what you want about he got money and all that. A million dollars is a million dollars. But here's the point, G. When you say you hurt, but all of a sudden you're throwing your, you're throwing your, your helmet and your shoulder pads. Then all of a sudden you're jumping. <laughs> you, your ankle hurt, G. But you jumping five, you jumping three feet in the air. My ankle hurt. But I'm jumping. I mean, at some point in time, the image is it, listen. We, it, it doesn't look. It good. doesn't look good. It, did, it didn't look good. <laughs> it didn't look good. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Didn't taking, look good. I'm not taking up for him or defending what he did once he took the shoulder pads off. I'm just saying, I, Bruce Aarons don't feel like he lying about his injury. They feel like he really, he really wasn't hurt. Then they say he didn't tell him that he was hurt. He I think. Tell him, but, but, but you jumping in the air? I doing think, all this. I think he really was hurt. I think that they exactly how they say they handled, uh, the, the the medical staff and the coaches handled that situation and said he's done and, and and did the slit across the throat. I believe all of that. I believe all of that. I'll never forget if y'all if y'all remember correctly when Mark Ingram when we was playing Tampa Bay. This was probably about three or four years ago, and I think he needed a touchdown to reach a, a incentive bonus in his contract. And and Sean Payton took him out the game, and everybody was wondering why Mark Ingram was going off on Sean Payton on the sideline. And it was because he felt some type of weight that he took him out of the game did not to get that incentive bonus. And I said, I would like to see, that's why I think Antonio Brown was really hurt. Them boys want that money. Yeah, that's a million dollars, bro. I don't give a damn how much you got in this account. A million dollars? It's still a million dollars. Come on, man. That's an M, now. <laughs> so I, I really think he was hurt, man. I just think Listen. that the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to have a grievance on their hand. You know, from the players' union, um, and they better hope, they better hope that <laughs> they can settle in some kind of way because Antonio Brown's lawyer is going to have a hell of a lawsuit in his hand. I, they handled it exactly how they say they handled it. I don't it. disagree with that part. I think they will be a grievance. I think that he could probably win that case. The problem is his image as a player is tarnished, and that's why I go back to that court of public opinion part. When if you're a team and you you don't want that kind, bless you. Thank you. You don't want that kind of distraction because you are not labeled as a team that will just do anything and everything. And, and so we're reaching that point because of the social media era mm -hmm. that that's a public image as a team. If you're a GM and you make that kind of decision, if you haven't made great decisions before that, people are not going to look at you and say, oh, they're going to want you out of there if you haven't made a bunch of great decisions prior to making that kind of decision. If you're an organization that has been kind of rocky lately, but you make this kind of decision, they're going to be like, you know what? 
you need to get the French toast out of here. And so all I'm saying is that Antonio Brown did no justification for himself. He's had bad issues and situation distractions with three other organizations. This makes the fort. At some point in time, if he was a younger player, G, I'd be like, you know what? Hey, look, let's see about another opportunity because, God forbid, Josh Gordon got every opportunity possible to get back in his league. But but think about this, Fred. Why does all his all his teammates in every stop he's been have nothing but good things to say about him, except like Ryan Clark? But you know when you talk about his teammates, his other teammates in Pittsburgh. When you talk about yeah, and 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 Oakland, Bell came out saying something. When you talk about, about uh when he was in New England for that little while, like all his teammates say great things, say great things about but, it. But, but players don't sign players. But organizations my, do. Right. But what I'm saying is they have all made a point to come out and say that he had a, a legitimate reason or a case why he handled shit the way he did. We don't disagree with that. But players don't sign players. Organizations do. Right. So right. at the end of the day, if organizations are signing players and organizations feel some type of way by Antonio Brown, it's only two it's only 32 organizations. And we know for a fact now he's pissed off four. So at the end of the day, I just think I just think he's still gonna have it. He's gonna get another shot. The question if, is, what, if it's not in his playoffs, I think next year somebody gonna still somebody come gonna call have, him, somebody and give him a one year deal and make an incentive beast. Somebody as a team, he got the Tampa Bay because of the reputation of a player. That that he need to have another reputation with a player of that caliber to get signed. His reputation ain't gonna get him signed. Yeah, that's the problem. Players don't sign players, but in his case. We now know that for a proven fact, which is this is proven, he's been in four organizations and they have not ended well. Yeah. So now you got 28 other teams saying, you know what? We don't need that. Unless there's a player on that team say, listen, if Patrick Mahomes came out and say, look, bro, he going to help us win the Super Bowl and blah, 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 I think they'll take a look at it. But Aaron Rodgers came out, he going to need a player to make that kind of vouch for him. If that's not the case, his reputation won't help him get him signed. So for my position, his career is over because it's based upon his reputation. But some other player can make the vouch for him. If they don't do that, he's done. That's how I look at it. But moving on for maybe. We haven't talked national championship, baby. Mm-hmm. Football is still in play. We got one last game, G Sports. Alabama versus Georgia. Kirby Smart versus Nick Saban in a rematch for all the marbles. For the game that we had, what, I think what, three years ago now? Mm-hmm. Um, we've had this game rematched three years ago, and obviously Alabama was winning at half. I mean, Georgia was winning at halftime, and obviously Alabama made the change from tour, um, from Jalen Hurst to tour, and Devontae Smith makes the heck of a catch in the back of the end zone to help the Alabama win that national championship. Do we get another great performance from both teams, and who comes up winning the natty in this rematch versus Alabama and Georgia? I'm just trying to figure out why they made Alabama the underdog these last two games against Georgia. I just don't understand it. Uh, <laughs> my why would you want to give Nick Saban and that program Indian. bulletin board material? I, I just don't understand it. <laughs> I think that Alabama should be the favorite. Yeah. I think Alabama will win this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Georgia it has a shot. But the things that they have to do in this game to be able to come out victorious is <laughs> – Stetson Bennett, <laughs> look, man. This ain't uh, Michigan. <laughs> you know, you need to go. You need to go to get, get some anointing, right, on your forehead before you step out on that field. Before right. you step out, step out on that, on that rectangle. Right. Uh, you know, and you need to play 
you know, like you don't have a care in the world. You need to play fearless when you get ready to play these people on Monday night because it's just not set up for you to win against a team like Alabama. Uh, Georgia's offensive line is really, really good. Uh, they struggled, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in that matchup against Bama with somebody like Tim, Tim Anderson, who I think, they, you know, is arguably, unless you're talking about Aiden Hutchinson, uh, one of the best, if not the best, pass rusher in, in, in college football. But I think that for Georgia to win this game, Stetson Bennett is going to have to play a damn near perfect game. Right. I just don't know if that's going to happen. Right. And the next part about it is they defensive line, which is really good, is going to have to get Bryce Young off his spots. Correct. Which they did not do a good job of in the last meeting. Secondly, they have to figure a way to get Austin Bowers, who I think is one of the best tight ends in, in college football, matched up with Alabama's linebackers consistently because he will win that matchup, win matchup. time in and time out. All right? You got to get your running backs. Well, I think all, all Georgia running backs, I don't see anybody for as the uh, Alabama safeties, all linebackers being able to match up with any of Georgia's line, uh, running backs. They they're, got that fast, they're, they're that fast. Yeah. They're that dynamic. So I think Georgia, that's where they got to try to win this game. And they got to try to get their running backs in space against um, um, Bama's linebackers and their safeties. And they got to figure a way to get Austin, Austin Bowers one-on-one with their linebackers. If they do that and make it easier for Stetson Bennett, they got a shot. They have a shot. But that's easier said than done. Listen, I don't think it was a mistake that Alabama beat them in the SEC championship. And I don't think it's going to be a mistake when they beat them in the national championship. Alabama, to me, is the, they have showed us that they're the best team in college football. Um, Bryce Young has won the award. A Heisman Trophy winner, and he won it for every reason possible. He has continued to watch in front of our hours grow, and he's displayed that he's the best college quarterback in college football, and I think he does have another season after this one. What he's achieved and what he's accomplished, and Alabama has a plethora of running backs th- back there too. Well, I think with Trey Sanders, and um, they got another guy um, number four, I can't think of his name, uh, Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the lead back. Lead back. Um, listen, Alabama has showed us season in and season out that in terms of the adjustment being made, they're the only college program I've watched for the past decade. When they come to making an adjustment, they can make it. I think Georgia has all the tools and capability. When we look at Nolan, uh, Nolan Smith and all of that back there, listen, they have the defense, the team personnel. And I do love the kid who transferred from Clemson, the corner, um, Number 11, mm-hmm. Hendrickson. Mm-hmm. Um, Hendrickson. I like him playing out there with them. I love the Georgia's defensive personnel. I really, really do. And I think they can match up, you know, they're going to have to match up against Alabama. But to me, Bryce Young has matured in front of our eyes, and we have watched him make the adjustments game in and game out. And I think Nick Saban, along with Bill O'Brien, has, has things in place to make those necessary adjustments to combat Georgia and what they're going to do defensively. Yeah. The problem is uh, Georgia offense from a receiving position is so limited. I don't care what I watched against Michigan, those receivers are still limited. Um, and so that's where my problem with Georgia comes in there because they're going to depend so much on those talented at the running back positions mm-hmm. to try to make plays. And like I said, Stetson is just not that quarterback you're going to have to ask if you're going to have to ask him to come out there and make those kind of plays that he made against Michigan, against Alabama, you're in trouble. Uh-huh. In terms of the down-the-field throws, 
Again, they had a lot of matchup situations against Michigan, and they exploded those matchups. Those matchup situations are not going to look the same against Alabama. And those same receivers ain't going to make them same type of plays against Alabama's DBs. That's where Georgia's problem is going to come in at. Georgia's going to have to really win the line of scrimmage on the offensive side of the ball to have a shot of winning this game. Because I do think Alabama's offense is going to make the proper adjustments to, at some point in time, move the chains against, Alabama, against Georgia defense. It won't happen immediately. Georgia defense is going to come out there first and get some stops on Alabama's offense. But eventually, Alabama will make the adjustment to start moving the football and getting the field goal range or getting a big play. The problem I see is with Georgia. Georgia offense can look almost stagnant. And if Alabama puts them in that situation where they make that quarterback try to beat them, Georgia's in the world of trouble. Their offense can look very stagnant. And so – and they can't afford to get down. This is the only game where I think that they played anybody else. Even if I did have played Michigan, they'd have been down by maybe ten points. I think okay, Georgia could probably come back. Yeah, this is not going to be the case in the SEC championship. We watch Georgia get down and get down early and get down fast. They don't have the offensive team to kind of get back. <laughs> so that's why I think we're going to have a repeat of the of the SEC championship. And Alabama is hosting that trouble when it's all said and done. And Kirby Smart does not get over that hump and try to prove to you know people in the public that he know what. With these past few years of his recruiting classes, because he's been, what, one and two in the recruiting classes, we get to this point in this place where Kirby Smart is trying to identify himself as one of the best college coaches. Obviously, he'd be ranked number two if he could win this game under Nick Saban, but we don't see it. Alabama stays up there, and Georgia goes back to the drawing board trying to get back to this game, but Georgia's going to have problems come years forward Well, with Bill and Napier over there at Florida. I, I, I think it's just – it's amazing that – the whole season, we were talking about how good Georgia defense is. Yeah. And they still a really good they defense, good regardless of what happened in the SEC championship. But going into that game, they was only giving up seven points a game. And they gave up 41 to Bama. They always, it was only giving up 230 yards total offense before they played Bama. They gave up over 500 when they played Bama. And so that's just a testament to – you know, with Nick Saban and their preparation and Bill O'Brien and, and, and how they was able to dissect Georgia's defense mm-hmm. and, 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 and be able to protect Bryce Young in that first matchup. Mm-hmm. I do think Kirby Smart is going to make some adjustments and figure a way to get some pressure on Bryce Young. But can they do it consistently throughout a whole game? That's going to be the key because if you give Bryce Young time, he is going to shred you. He's it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. And bad, he gonna, fast. He will, he will find the open receiver. He will make plays with his legs and extend plays mm-hmm. and keep his eyes down the field. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be very imperative for Georgia to be able to get pressure consistently. Right. Um. And like I say, man, Brock Bowers, the tight end for Georgia. Georgia. I think he is the X factor. He agreed. He is agreed. the X factor, man. I, I, you know. I don't that think Alabama, be, Alabama have a player that could guard him. That has That's to a be, matchup. He could be a matchup nightmare for, for That has for to Alabama. be Stetson Bennett's best friend on Monday night. And then you use, you know, the, the running backs, um, uh, White and Cook, White and Cook out the backfield, you know, how dynamic they are. Yeah. And get them matched up. Oh, I like some Cook, bro. And you get them matched up with them I linebackers like, and the safeties. I think Georgia will have a chance to put up some points against this Alabama defense. Mm-hmm. But if they can't do that, Ooh, it, it might get ugly. Yeah. It might get ugly because Stetson Bennett just not going to win you a game. You can't expect him to drop back and throw the ball 30-plus times a game. And especially if you get behind, especially if you get behind two possessions 
and now you got to start relying on him to make plays down the field, Pete Golden is going to dial it up, and they're going to get turnover after turnover, and it just it just it's going to smell blood. Yeah. So, my prediction, I got Bama winning this one, 27-21. I got to agree. Um, I, I got Alabama winning really 30-20. to 20. And I think Georgia does make some plays. I think Georgia makes the plays late. But I think at that point in time, I think Alabama's going to have a 14, you know, kind of like maybe like I think I think Alabama's going to be up like 27 to like 10. And I think Georgia's going to make some four-quarter push to try to close that gap. But I think at some point in that fourth quarter, Georgia's going to – Alabama's going to kick that field goal and kick that, that – make it a two-possession game. Mm-hmm. And I think that Georgia just won't have enough. They're going to put the pressure on his quarterback to make those plays. And it, to me, they just don't have the receivers. They don't have the receivers to go down the field, stretch the field. Uh, I don't think they have the receivers really to make that post play, make that nine play, you know, make that corner play to kind of get – to shorten the field. I don't really see that from the receivers. I really see that from their running backs. But to me – when Georgia gets down, that's when things start to get worrisome. I think towards the in, towards midway through that second quarter, towards getting towards that two minute warning mark, Alabama's gonna start to make that push. They're gonna make the after the third quarter, it's gonna be fucking fireworks. <laughs> I, I I think I think something else to keep an eye on going into this game. Um, if Stetson Bennett struggles early, do you make the move to JT Daniels? And I know JT Daniels <laughs> might not be a hundred percent healthy. But do you make the move to him? Do you make the move to him? I think you do. You know, you gotta pull it, you gotta pull some out your head. Like when Saban pulled Jalen Hurts and put two in. That's half and, that's and, a halftime move. And they won the natty. That's a halftime move. You know, uh, you know, cause JT Daniels is a better quarterback than Bennett, but he's not, he has not been playing. He's not been playing. Has not been getting the reps. So that has to be a concern for you. But if he's not looking good in that first half, I think you gotta make a move to JT Daniels. I think you and then and and and, and Bama won't be expecting it. I don't think they will, and they don't have they don't have, they haven't been watching film on JT Daniels to be able to game plan and know what he does well and what knows what he doesn't do well, mm-hmm. and so it could play into Georgia's favor if they make that move at halftime, as long as they're not down by twenty one a moto. Yeah, I, I I can see that kind of play happening. Um, you got you have you have an experienced quarterback in JT Daniels. I can see that, happen. but the question is: Is Kirby Smart that kind of coach that makes that kind of gutsy move? Yeah. It, is yeah. he that kind of coach? Yeah, I think he is. I think he is. I, he he knows that Stetson Bennett is limited. He knows that. He knows that this game is going to be, if they win it, if Georgia some kind of way pulls this victory off, it's going to come down to their D-line was able to get pressure without blitzing. And they were able to they were able to, to score points running the ball and getting Brock Bowers one-on-one and their running backs one-on-one with them safeties and the linebackers and able to, you know, get, get the ball down the field with those guys and get them in space. That's the only way I see Stetson Bennett having success. Those 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 deep shots he took against Michigan and was able to complete those passes. Yeah. That's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. That's that's unrealistic. Again. And if they think that's gonna happen, they are not feeling a long game. If you're Georgia fans, <laughs> get ready to beat the traffic <laughs> early. <laughs> get, listen, that ain't gonna happen. If, that, if you think that that's them big shot that's gonna happen, that's not happening. That's not how Alabama plays defense. That them plays are not gonna exist. You still, you can throw all them plays away. Um but to me, I got Alabama winning. Like I said, I got them winning 20, um, 30 to 20. You got Alabama winning. 27-21. So I, we, we both got Alabama winning this game. Now, before we run, we want to talk a little bit about this and some of these bowl games. Who are some of the guys that you watch that kind of think you say to yourself, listen, maybe maybe two or three guys that you probably watch these bowl games, so you say, you know what, that guy there was probably like maybe a day three pick or a day two pick. 
he made himself a first-round pick. Or this guy, he was a day three pick, maybe made himself a day two pick. What kind of guys you watching during these bowl games? You say, you say listen, that guy there, we got, everybody got to start paying attention to for this upcoming draft. Uh, two two kids that come to mind uh, is Ahmad, uh, the, Ahmad Garner from Cincinnati, the corner. The corner. Uh, I watched them maybe like one or two games this year. I watched them when they played Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And I watched them when they played, it might have been Tulane or Houston, one of them. Um, and I thought he was really good. And then when they played um against Bama, Bama, he didn't give up a catch. Uh, he was locked down. Um, when they they showed him in press coverage and and being able to play uh off man and, and zone, he looked really, really really good. good. And then he has the measurables. I mean, six two with the long arms, he long could run. Uh, I think he's he solidified himself as a top fifteen, top ten pick. And then I gotta I, I gotta be a little biased, man, from the Tri- Parish. Devon Tavian Tri- Martin, hat trick baby. 10 catches, 120 yards, three tutties in the Fiesta Bowl, uh, set a Fiesta Bowl record, led the Big 12 in receiving, going over a band this year. Uh, I think he really, really helped his draft stock. Uh, I, you know, I think T, um, if he runs well, yeah, and it's pro day. 4-4. Four, 4-4. Four. Four, four. I even think if he gets to the low 4-5, he could find himself getting drafted round the fourth round. Um, and then when he goes to the East-West Shrine Bowl, um, he has to go there and put on and look really, really good and have a good showing, especially when they get in the one-on-one matches, showing that he can be press man. I think he could find himself, you know, getting picked in the fourth round. Uh, if he runs a full full, he might go up a round. He might get to the third round. But I think Tate Martin really solidified himself on that stage. And if you remember, if anybody watched that game, he started off that game really bad. He had two bad drops gotcha. in the first quarter, but he was able to redeem himself. And they came to him in the clutch when they really needed him. The third down play to, 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 to really close the game out uh, when they threw the ball off of grabs and he hung in the air for like, looked like he was in the air for like 10 seconds mm-hmm. and, we, and was able to come down with the ball and that was ultimately the, the dagger they needed to, to go ahead and close that game out. Right. I just think that Devontae and Martin from Oklahoma State uh, definitely helped this draft stop. Listen, Tate Martin is one of the guys I'm picking. Tate Martin went from everything being maybe a day three pick up to a high day two pick. Because you got to understand, there's not many receivers in this draft. Um, they, there's a couple, but it's not it's not the same impact of the previous three years' drafts. So to me, Tay Martin has first-round pick talent. But the ability, he's going to get picked somewhere between day two, day three, especially if he runs in the low four fours. Tay has put on a show this year. Obviously, people don't remember Dante V. Martin when he up, went up there to Washington State. When he up there making an impact down there, he had to transfer, went down to Oklahoma State. And his second year there, he's put on the Clement, and he had a dynamic Fiesta Bowl. So, to me, that's the one guy I have. I like the kid who's transferred from Clemson. I think he's made himself a first-round corner uh, on Hendrickson, mm-hmm. number 11 for Georgia. Um, he had a pretty good, solid national championship game against LSU. People remember that he was the opposite corner of A.J. Terrell. A.J. AJ Terrell was a first-round pick, and he got roasted the entire game against Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. But he was the other corner on the upside number one. He had transferred. He's at Georgia. He had a heck of a um, game against Michigan. Um, that press coverage play where he had kind of jammed one of the receivers and he had, had that interception on the sidelines. I really liked that play. He really showed that he he has all the measurables that you're looking for and he looks like he's an experienced corner. He looks like he's ready to take his game to the next level. Those two guys that I think that really, really showed us that look, they're ready for the next stage. Yep. They're ready for the next level. They're ready to take the games to the pro level. And I like the kid um, at, at a Cincinnati too. Very long, very rangy. You know, 
I like him. Too. I think he's going to be the first corner picked off the board. But I think the kid out of nah, Georgia. Stingley going to be the first corner. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, Derek. Derek. Yeah. Derek's going to be the first corner of the board. Yeah. Derek's going to be at the first corner of the board. And the kid for Cincinnati is going to probably come in. He's going to be second, but he ain't going to be that far away. But Derek is going to be first. And But the kid out of Georgia, to me, he's probably going to be somewhere between third and fourth corner pick because of his, rep, you know, his pedigree of what he's done at Clemson, now at Georgia. That's what I looked at. I'm like, I will say this. The beginning, beginning of the college football season, I was like, listen, there's a lot of prospects I don't know. And you had to kind of get into the season and start watching some of these games. And I'm and I am happy that some of these guys did play bowl games. You know, and, and T and T Martin was was kind of contemplating not playing in a bowl game. He had a couple of knickknack injuries. Um, man, I'm glad he played in it because he really helped the draft stock. Had the draft stock. And I, I think this year here, you know, we had a lot of guys who ended up playing in bowl games then in the past few seasons. Obviously, we started seeing a lot of guys. I think to me, and I started noticing that that year Leonard Fournette had the impact. Yeah, I started paying attention to a lot of guys were around that bowl time. If they weren't playing in the 14 college playoff, they were like, you know, we're not playing in the bowl game. You had a lot of guys this year really. Now, outside of the LSU tobacco, but a lot of people, you know, before they got in the transfer protocol, they played that game. Right. So hats off to those guys, man. Those, those are some of the guys that I'm looking at. I'm like, look, watch out for them. Watch out, watch out for their combine. If they measure well, they run well, they test well. We just recently watched some first, you know, first round. Like I said, I think Tate can be, a, you know, definitely a day two pick. You know, somewhere between high second, you know, somewhere in the, in the if he's not picked there, somewhere early third round, especially if he tests very well. So I'm looking forward to some of those Eastern, you know, West Ryan games, some of those senior bowl games to see what other guys that's going to start making some cases. I'll tell you who I didn't really like, the quarterback everybody raving up out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, 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 Kenny Puck Pickens. Pickett, Pickett. Yeah. I I wasn't impressed. Yeah, everyone was trying to get me to believe. Hey, man, that's 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 probably the first quarterback. I'm like, ball what? I don't I don't think Pickens played in that game though. I think he I think he did. Uh-uh. Pickens ain't playing that game. Okay, I watched another uh-uh. game. Now. I, yeah. I must I must have watched the. Uh, yeah, Pickens ain't playing that game. Uh, they third string quarterback played, played in that game. No, he played in the other game before that. He played in the uh, uh, the AC championship. AC championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't impressed. Yeah, I was just like. Y'all talking about he the first quarterback at the board? He's your top. Well, I mean, there's a weak quarterback draft too, though. I was like, he's the first quarterback at the board. I'm like, I don't see a day one. I don't see a day one quarterback in this draft. Now there's gonna be somebody who's gonna get picked day one. Right. You know, that happens. Somebody's gonna fall in love. Somebody at the camp, somebody's gonna fall, somebody, you know, at the combine. Somebody's gonna fall in love with somebody at their pro day. But I don't have a day one grade on any of these QBs. Right. But again, I understand the business of football. I understand that when you make a GM change or a head coach change. You also had to make a quarterback change. So they're going to be maybe one or two guys that are going to get selected. I just don't have none of these guys at the day one right. grade. Right. You know, I don't care what school you're talking about, what you're going from, not this year's class. That's just me. <laughs> yep. But that's our show, guys. Listen, thank y'all for getting back with us on the new year. We had a lot of, you know, some a lot of engagement, a lot of comments on, you know, online. We're getting back. We're going to be doing a lot of new things in here for 2022. We're going to be making a lot of progress, a lot of things with this podcast and this show, man. Listen, we appreciate everybody who made it here to 2022. We got a lot of things to discuss, a lot of things to get into. It's going to be a very, very, very impactful year. Thank everyone for, you know, staying tuned in, staying locked in. Like, subscribe to this FanView Live page. Again, we're on Twitter at FanView NOLA. We're on Instagram at FanView Live. We're on Facebook, FanView Live. We're on YouTube, FanView Live. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Spotify, the Wallace Talk Network. Get subscribed, get tuned in, get locked in.
don't forget to follow G Sports if you're on Twitter. Don't forget to follow G Sports if you're on YouTube. Trust me, he's he's still plugging away, still, you know, scoping, you know, getting all the, for full one one, you know, down here in the state of Louisiana. Yep. I seen him just posted one of the coaches out there with Terrebonne's out. Yep. Out his head coach. Out his head coach. It's gonna be a hot job. Got a hot job down there at Terrebonne. Listen, get subscribed, get tuned in, get locked in, fan be live, baby. Real fans talk sports. No Orleans Talk Network. Listen, that's our show, guys. Listen, deeply appreciate it. Appreciate our engagement. Appreciate our comments. And we're going to be back at it again each and every Thursday for 12 p.m. Get tuned in. Get locked in, baby. Best band sports show on the goddamn internet. Get it! Get it. Y'all be easy. Turn down for what?